welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Siki for Monday, November 30th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and it is a happy Monday. Indeed, Saints fans, you know why, because the Saints got the win over the Denver Broncos on Sunday, 31-3. The Saints advance to 9-2. Hit the music. I got you moving and shaking like it did for me, Saints fans. All right, on the show today, we are joined by Saints legend and soon-to-be Saints Hall of Famer, Jari Evans, to talk about the Saints win over the Broncos, 31-3. But before we get into that, I'm going to play a few sound bites from following the game on Sunday and then on Monday morning because there is a lot of talk about Taysom Hill, how he completed 9 of 16 passes for 78 yards, and the game plan surrounding the New Orleans Saints in a game that was just unprecedented is the best way to describe it. So first of all, we're going to have this sound bite from Sean Payton talking about Taysom Hill. I thought Taysom played well, but he, he played an entirely different type of game. And, and that had a lot to do with me um, relative to how we wanted to play this game. So, no, uh, there, w- there wasn't anything challenging. But I was in his ear 24-7 just about being smart with the football. And then Taysom Hill? The game plan changed the last 24 hours. Um, so my mindset changed as well. And, you know, I really became a game manager at that point. And certainly the way that Sean called the, the game uh, reflected that. You know, the screen was one of those where Alvin, the, the, rather specifically Alvin, kind of ran into the end. Um, and look, when, when you call a screen, you know it's either it's either there or it's not, and you dirt it, you throw it away. Um, you know, I probably should have thrown it away a little bit sooner. Um, but that was one where it just wasn't a clean look. Um, and And to your point, we're not going to take any unnecessary risk that puts a defense in a bad situation. And then finally, Nick Easton, who played at left guard in place of Andrus Pete in Sunday's game, who talks about all of the craziness that happened between the time that the Saints plane landed in Denver and the time that the Saints had to suit up on Sunday afternoon. So actually, due to the, the changes in the protocols and everything, we don't meet at the hotel at all. That's not allowed anymore. So Saturday evening, you know, we have no contact with the coaches except via text message. So as far as game plan changes, we weren't really aware of much until we got to the locker room. And, you know, our mentality didn't really change. We knew we were going to be physical, run the ball. And that was in the plan the whole time. So, I, you know, I, I can't really speak to how much that changed. Okay, that was Sean Payton, Taysom Hill, and Nick Easton, and I wanted to play those to give you some context on some of the things that we'll be talking about in this interview with Saints legend Jari Evans. So let's go ahead and get into that interview with Saints legend Jari Evans. First of all, Jari, how you doing? How was your holiday holiday this past week? Yeah, everything's everything's good. Uh, the holidays was was uh, was great. Spending time with family and and friends, and uh, always getting a good meal in. Um, Home cooked food is always good, but uh, but yeah, everything's awesome. Just little little wet weather here, but all great. 
All right, I think today is technically the last day we're allowed to talk about Thanksgiving. You know, <laughs> once we get to Tuesday, it's like, all right, we're, we're past it. It's like saying Happy New Year, you know, on like January 14th, we're past the time. Um, but what is your, like, it has to be on the table on Thanksgiving or else it's not Thanksgiving food? Mac and cheese. Oof. You know what I mean? I, whether it's fried chicken or turkey, I'm cool, but I got to have mac and cheese. Mac and cheese and turkey wings is... And greens, gotta have, must. Gotta have it. All right, mac and cheese. Breadcrumbs or no breadcrumbs? No breadcrumbs. No breadcrumb crust. Just just, just put it under broil to get it get it crispy on the top. That's all you need. Boom. I've learned that that's a very uh, hot point is no breadcrumbs. I've learned anything on social media. It is that people do not want breadcrumbs on their mac and cheese during Thanksgiving. Casserole, I could do breadcrumbs on a casserole. Okay. But mac and cheese, no. Nah. Nah. Okay. All right. Noted. Okay, Jerry, let's get into the Saints versus Broncos game on Sunday. The most, um, let's take it way back. We're going to cover a lot of different things, but on Saturday, uh, November 28th, it was announced that Teron Armstead tested positive for COVID-19. In fact, he tweeted um, earlier today that he started feeling symptoms. Uh, he wasn't feeling those earlier in the week. He is now feeling those symptoms. Hopefully he is okay. I'm sure he is if he's tweeting through everything. Um, but how much does that uh, affect an offensive line? Or I guess what is the biggest difference between a starting offensive lineman and an offensive lineman that comes in off the bench? Reps, uh, reps, recognition, you know, you know, learning how to recognize things, how much action they've actually seen, you know, their, their, their reaction time because they know what's coming. You know, they haven't had those reps. So, you know, I didn't even realize that the whole left side wouldn't be Pete and Armstead until the game came on, um, just with the stuff that I was doing all weekend. But um, I, I think that the coaches put together a, a legitimate game plan that allowed those guys to put points up on the board and, and be effective and, and what they can do and try not to overload them too much. And I think the defense and special teams, you know, showed up well, like they have been, the, you know, all season in the last two games without Drew. And for people who don't understand, so I'm, I wouldn't consider myself an offensive line buff, but how big of a, a deal is it to not have an entire side of an offensive line? Like what kind of impact does that make on the psyche of everyone on that, off, that offensive line? It's a huge deal. It might not have been a, a big deal for, for, for Taysom because he actually practices with those guys. Those right. are his guys on the second unit that he practices with. But when you're, if Von Miller was playing in that game, I think it would have been a huge deal to make sure that you're not passing the ball 40, 50 times, you know what I'm saying, against an elite pass rusher like that. So, you know, I, it is a big deal from the physical play to the communication of getting the, the you know, the communication from the center to the left side and from the right side all the way to the left side. Um, and those reps is what allows those things to be fluent. So when you throw guys in there who haven't had those reps, luckily those guys probably had reps together on the second unit. So they probably had their, their, their ways to communicate uh, effectively. It's bananas to me how many games that this Saints team has had to endure, you know, the next man up mentality. And I know it's the NFL, and so you always deal with injuries, but it hasn't just been injuries. It's been, you know, this whole COVID-19 situation. It seems like week after week, there's essentially been only two games where, um, you know, all of the key members of the team have been healthy. And those were both of the games against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thankfully. Um, but it amazes me how many times the Saints team has just had to put a bandage on a situation. 
Yeah, you're right. Um, I think uh, just like other teams in the league, right? I think, you know, daily it's almost you have to be up on your P's and Q's and these daily checks and you never know what the next curveball is going to be. And, and um, it's truly this is the 2020 is the season of next man up. You know, luckily it's not due to injury and just due to something that they can overcome quickly. But um, it, it's really a season of next man up and my fantasy league is suffering because of it. <laughs> Mine too. I had Lamar Jackson and then I have Josh Allen. But when he went down for a few plays, I was like, oh, this is it. This is where I follow my sword. Um, but yeah, fantasy people are definitely struggling. Okay. So all morning, well, for five minutes of my morning, I thought of my smooth transition from asking what the biggest difference was in starting offensive linemen and offensive linemen that come off the bench. And then I was going to transition in what's the biggest difference in a starting quarterback and a wide receiver practice player that comes and plays starting quarterback, but I've dismantled that transition. So um, how crazy has this situation been over the last 48 hours of learning that the Broncos were going to be without any of their quarterbacks? And not only were they going to be without any of their quarterbacks, they petitioned to have their offensive efficiency coordinator play for quarterback. And instead they brought up their practice wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was a mouthful, but my goodness. No, you're right. And it's funny because sometimes coaches draft guys off of that ability. Like Lance Moore was was one of our wide receivers that could also play quarterback. When I was right. in the day, it was Randall Cobb. And they've always got a little bit of throws in just in case, not just for a wide receiver pass, but just in case. And here we are in 2020 COVID climate. You got to put that wide receiver at QB. Um, I think that that was the probably the best move and not have a coach come in and try to <laughs> um, uh, even worse, get pounded to the, to the turf. But, um, but yeah, it's just something that, you know, that we have to deal with in this season. And uh, I know a lot of people picked up that Denver QB in their fantasy league. <laughs> I know I was in a league and I needed a QB and somebody snatched him up. I was like, you're not even going to play this guy. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that actually happened. I saw that out of both the QBs, Taysom and, and, the, um, and the other kid, I think it was Hilton or something like that, that played. Um, it was one start between those guys, and that was last week game that Taysom started. <laughs> yeah, Kendall Hinton. And I was trying to, you know – articulate the best I could to people who aren't necessarily in the football world all the time. I mean, you know, it's a crazy situation if you just read the article, but, um, you know, trying to provide people with some comparison. I mean, this guy, Kendall Hinton, hasn't played quarterback since, what was it, 2015, I believe, his freshman year of college. And so that's like, you know, I played volleyball my freshman year of high school. That's like asking me, hey, you know what, you played volleyball once, why don't you, why don't you go out and play again on the highest, at the highest level? Like, you can handle that, right? No, I can't. Yeah, and, and it was, it was interesting listening to the broadcast, because they were like, well, I think the first quarter was the lowest <laughs> attempts all season in a game. So it was interesting to hear these, these stats throughout the game, but I, I know it was a, it looked like a fun game, you know, running the ball a lot. They even had some passes in, but looks like the trenches and the, and the offensive defense alignment really enjoyed it and had fun and, and were able to, you know, play harder without a lot of thinking or concern, um, not having their, their starting QBs back there. 
Right. Um, you talked about the passing yards. Taysom Hill was nine of 16 for 78 yards. And then Kendall Hinton was one of nine for 13 yards. So um, if I do my math right, that's still under a hundred yards, right? I think that's, I think that's the math. That's how the, the math adds up. Um, so that's under a hundred yards passing for both quarterbacks, which is insane. But, you know, after the game, Sean Payton had said, you know, I thought Taysom played well, he played an entirely different type of game. And I, that had a lot to do with Sean Payton. Um, and he was just in Taysom's ear 24 seven, trying to get him to just be smart with the football and Taysom, you know, confirmed that. What does it mean you know, when a coach says that, like, how do you change the game plan in a matter of 24 hours to, you know, being aggressive and then going more so, okay, we can be a little bit more conservative and we just need to not beat ourselves. Like what goes into that, Jari? Well, I think sometimes we confuse, you know, passing as aggressive and running is, is not aggressive. It's just that the ball travels farther in the air than it does on the ground. But I think that the, the style of gameplay that Taysom brings with that, with that lead power and that ability to run the ball at the QB position, but also the ability to pass the ball to where you can't bring the safeties down too far. You have to honor his arm, you know, is an elite position that the Saints are in and they do it very, very well. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, with, with him being able to do that, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. And it's, it's a game plan that they, it's something that they can put in the game plan that makes defenses, you know, hard to like match. Jari Latavius Murray had uh, 124 rushing yards for the Saints yesterday on 19 attempts uh, and two touchdowns. How big is a player like that when you have weapons like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara already on the roster? And then just to add another one like Latavius Murray, I mean, what does that add to a game plan of a guy like Sean Payton? It, um, it gives him a lot of firepower, you know, um, and when, when you lose a, a great QB like Drew, is and has been, you use that firepower and he, he's using it and the guys are showing up, you know, every time that they're, that they're touching the ball, they're trying to make a play and they're making big plays and the, the ability to, to have, you know, him and also back it up with, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, that's an awesome one, two punch. And then you still got to cover the guys on the outside. And, um, you know, with the guys on the outside, it just limits how many guys you can put in the box. And uh, then you add Taysom, as a running threat too. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to stop that. So defenses are definitely on their heels. And, and I, and I think, you know, with Drew out, which we, you know, we never want, but with Drew out, I think it's allowing coach Payton to, to dial up a few different things that we've haven't seen historically, which <clears throat> always, you know, you know, benefits the offense because you don't have those things on film. Defenses don't know how to play against them. They don't know how to react to them. They don't know what to look for. So you know, it, it goes back to almost like 06 when they never saw Coach Payton dial up plays before, and he's able to do that these last couple of games. Jari, I know you're an offensive mind, but what have been your observations of this Saints defense who have just seemed, seemed to make strides in the, the last few weeks? Uh, the biggest observation is, uh, you know, ongoing skill development. You know, our coaches always talk about that. They're getting better every day. You know, they're learning from their mistakes. They're trying not to make the same mistakes. And they're taking the ball away. They're getting, you know, they're making, you know, tackles for loss, you know, negative plays on the offensive side. They're making the offense have negative plays. And that always sets up your offense and also, you know, gives you the opportunity to, to get ahead at a faster click. Um, but, you know, I just see them getting better, man. They're just ascending every week. And, um, 
you know, they're uh, they're preparing themselves to to go to go on a nice little run here towards the end of the year. Last question before I let you go, Jari. How much does uh, an acquisition like Quan Alexander provide for a player like Demario Davis, who has it seems like a lot more freedom to you know just have his head on the ball this year or in yeah. the last few weeks? Yeah, anytime you can add a you know a veteran like that who has had a lot of starts under their belt, who has seen a lot, who has diagnosed a lot of plays, it, it's always going to boost your defense, and it's going to also take some not responsibility, but take maybe a little extra anxiety or a little bit extra, you know, recall to get everybody lined up off the other guys. So maybe they can read and read and react a little bit more. So I think you will see the defense play faster. You will see them improve because he's a fast linebacker. You will see them improve and, you know, you'll see them overall improve just by adding a veteran that has played a lot of football like that to that side of the ball. Okay, I lied. Now, last question before I let you go, Jari. If you were playing through through this COVID-19 situation, do you think you'd be able to handle it as well as it seems like the players have handled it? Because you kind of just have to take what comes your way, right? But it seems like, I mean, they're doing, players are doing everything they can to, you know, put a good product out on the field this year. No, I think that the league and the players are, are doing it the right way and, you know, the thing about being on a team, any professional team, is that your club, your owner, you know, you have the resources. So you just got to have the discipline as a player <laughs> to make sure that when you leave the building, you're doing the right things. And I think you're seeing guys do that um, and uh, to the best of their ability. And um, hopefully everybody can stay healthy towards the end of the year. I, you know, I don't think that you know, we all have to do our part in slowing down this virus, which is not, it's not easy. You know, it's going to spread. It's not easy, but we all can do our part. So everybody wants football. The players want to play. The fans want to watch it. And we all know the owners want to make money. So if the guys can stay disciplined and like they've been doing, um, you know, hopefully everybody can, can come out on this thing okay. Always great insight from a Saints legend, especially a legend with an offensive line mind like Jari Evans. So uh, great insight from him on the show today following the Saints win over the Broncos. Hopefully you are enjoying this at home, Saints fans. Saints are 9-2. and two. They run the NFC South as they get set to take on the Atlanta Falcons for the second time this year, this upcoming Sunday. We will have all of the interviews and availability available on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app, so be sure to check in with that throughout the week. Saints fans, if you are also a Pelicans fan, I want to tell you to follow and subscribe and rate the Pelicans podcast available on iTunes and the Pelicans app. Those are the best ways to find the Pelicans podcast hosted by my colleague Daniel Salerson because the Pelicans season is fastly approaching. The season or training camp starts on December 2nd, which in my mind is a long time from now, but nope, that is on Wednesday. So if you want to get caught up for everything you need to know on the New Orleans Pelicans, be sure to subscribe and follow along the Pelicans podcast on iTunes and the Pelicans app. All right, that'll do it for the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Monday, November 30th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. For Jari Evans, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch up again on Wednesday.